0: and welcome to the Ethnos New Brunswick podcast. We're so glad you're joining us today. Ethnos is a new organization looking to join in the holistic, community-transforming work happening in New Brunswick and Highland Park. Part of that includes thinking about the spiritual health and vitality of our community. Each week, our gathering is meant to give our community a safe and helpful place for that. Today's episode is the first in our brand new series called This Is Us, with the conversation being led by lead pastor, Yukon Chu.
1: Let's just get started with a question that you can talk to with your neighbor about. It's a very simple question, but will help us, I think, get going with something productive and fruitful here. What purpose do you sense for yourself as this new year, 2018? Get started. What What do you want this year to be about? Oh, I thought somebody said 2016. I put 2016, and I was like, wait. No, okay, 2018. Okay. I was like, wait, did we mess up? We're going back in time? Um, what, what do you hope for yourself? What sort of purpose do you have for yourself, you want for yourself, as the new year gets started? Two minutes, talk it over with your tables. Let's get some sharing, going. All right, so who wants to share a little bit with, uh, with the rest of us here this morning? what their sense of purpose is for this decade. this decade, <laughs> sorry, this new year. This new year. We were talking, I, true story, we were talking, my partner and I, Hazel and I were talking about our decades because... Because I'm 39 and she's 30, 29, and this, in 2018, we're, we're changing into a different decade. So we were thinking decade. We're like, so that, that's why I, was, I said decade. Sorry. But, anyways, now you know a little bit about what we were talking about. Um, what, what were you talking about? What, what, what's your sense of purpose as the new year gets started? Who wants to share? It could be serious, it could be not too serious. Yeah, let's get back here again.
0: So I like to pick a word kind of to frame my year out and to be the focus of my year. And so for 2018, I chose truth, um, both kind of seeking truth, uh, what God says about things, what he thinks about things, and also truth, uh, being true to who I am and honest about how I feel and think and communicating that with others.
1: Yeah, that's good. That's good. Thank you, Jenna. Truth. I like that. What else?
0: Yeah. Let's go over here and up. I was just speaking to Ruth uh, about just this thing that has always been festering and and kind of progressively finding its way to the surface, and that is mission work. It's been something that um, I've been in need of. I felt like that's the missing piece. That's what Jesus came for. He was on a mission. Mm -hmm. And so um, over the couple, maybe a year and a half, I've been putting in paperwork and Kind of modifying, refining for a um, a mission-based nonprofit organization. So this year, I feel like it's going to happen because I just you just know you can just kind of feel in your spirit. So that's what what's happening this year. I see that happening like in the spring. It really just opening up. So.
1: That's awesome. That's great. That's exciting. Wow. Wow. What else? What else? Yeah. Hi. Hey. <clears throat>
0: Sorry, um, I was just sharing that I always wanted to do some work with women and young ladies. Sorry that but I feel like <laughs> this year is going to be very powerful for women in a sense of, and, and I, I get to contribute with this organization. I'm going back to California to speak at an event and hopefully bring it back to New Jersey in a, in a few, in May sometime. I don't like I was just sharing with her. I don't know how I'm gonna do it, but I believe it's going to happen, and I believe cause I
1: don't know. It's just the year of the woman. Yeah. Sorry. Again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody, yeah, okay, yeah, somebody. <laughs> won't want to talk to. No, I, I think it is, you know, just nationally, right? Last year was, we began the, the Women's March. There's the Me Too movement. There's a what? lot happening that's really powerful for women, I think. Yeah. That's really interesting. I'm sorry. Just yeah. yeah. I'm not
0: sure, in Philadelphia, I was on Facebook. In Philadelphia, there's a, a Women's March, uh, January 20th. And then I started to see that it's in San Francisco, so I'm not sure if it's nationwide or what, but I know it's happening in Philadelphia on January 20th. If anybody wanted to sign up, I'll send them. Well, is one in New
1: York? There's one in New York, and there's one in Jersey, too, actually. Really? There's one in Jersey, yeah. Uh, the organizer for the Jersey one is in Highland Park, so we, we can talk more about that. We'll probably have Facebook posts about that, yeah. yeah. Anybody else, anybody else? What is 2018 gonna be about for you? What are you sensing? Yeah.
0: Um, I just want to be more sensitive to what God is doing in my life um, he's doing some more some powerful things in my life um, I'm going to bite off what the young lady said about truth um, we have to be true to, to God's word
1: um, I want this, my spiritual life to be more powerful yeah, no, that's good, that's good. Yeah, you know what, 2018, as as, as a new year gets started, um, 2018 for me, and I kind of shared it already a little bit uh, about Hazel in our conversation, is an interesting year for me. On one hand, I feel like sometimes New Year's resolutions are a little overrated, and I feel like a few years back, a while ago now, I got to a place in my life where I was like, you know, New Year, okay, Maybe I should be living every day like it's a new year, you know. Like, why do I have to make sure on January first I come up with like this great life plan, you know? So, so I kind of moved away from some of that, but but 2018 is a unique year for me personally because, like I mentioned earlier, I'm turning 40, and um, it's kind of strange in some ways. But I remember when I turned 30, and I had a deep sense the few months before turning 30, that, you know what, I need to figure out what my decade is going to be about. What will my 30s be about? And it's really interesting, I was reflecting with Hazel, that um, in my 20s, this whole thing about ethnos being a movement, ethnos being a global network, like we are now in you know, nine different cities and all these kind of things, like that wasn't even like on the radar. But all of that began to happen that, those few months before I turned 30. I sensed that God was saying to me, Yukon, you need to make your 30s about the nations. And I was like, what does that mean? And it ended up bringing me to graduate school. I got a doctorate degree at the time. The Ethnos Network began to slowly, like, you know, seeds were planted. And I was, in retrospect now, like 10 years later, I'm like, wow, that, that was an amazing decade. Like, God was up to something. And so. We may be at one of these big life junctures uh, as 2018 gets started. Some nonprofit work, some uh, a decade for me. Others of us may be like, you know it's just another day, and that's totally okay, right? Wherever we may be, this series that we're gonna be embarking on as this year gets started, in the next four weeks, I think will be a very, very helpful series for us regardless of where we're coming from, because we're going to take four weeks to reflect on our stories, yes, but perhaps even more important, God's story in our world, and what God is wanting to do in our world. We're going to spend four weeks reflecting on this through the story uh, in the Scriptures of Jesus, a story about a person named Jonah. Some of you are familiar with his story. Others of you are not. It's actually a really fascinating story that actually Jesus, when he was here some 2,000 years ago, reflected on quite a bit. He actually identified himself with Jonah at certain key moments in his life. We're going to spend four weeks thinking about this story and thinking about how God has a desire for us, how God has a plan for us. In fact, God has a plan for us to experience his love, his life, his purpose, and he actually wants all of us to get engaged with sharing that love, life, and purpose as well. Let's take a look uh, and just jump right into it, and uh, I'm gonna give kind of an overview today to this story, and over the next few weeks, we're actually gonna have different speakers come up and share about uh, more in depth this story of Jesus and his scriptures. So if you have uh, your handouts today, your excerpts are on, on your desk here, I'm going to read basically through a few uh, excerpts from this story. The story covers about four chapters and uh, again, I'm not doing it all today, but I'm going to just pick out some key phrases, key sentences from the story just to get us oriented to how this story might be truly life changing for us. Now, it starts off At the top there, and this is how the story starts, it says this, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Now let's take a pause here and let's orient ourselves to what is happening in this amazing story. We're looking at a story that happened about 750-800 B.C. So it's an ancient story, an old story. And what is happening at this time and place in this region of the world is that there is an empire on the rise known as the Assyrian Empire. If you've ever been to a a world-famous museum like the Med down in, in New York City or one of these big museums, the British Museum perhaps, you'll see a lot of remnants of the Assyrian Empire, okay, of this time period. Now, this story is happening at the moment in what is now called Israel, Palestine, that area. And what is about to happen right after this story starts is that Assyria is still a rising superpower. But in just a few decades, Assyria is going to take over the whole region, like this map shows. Now, Jonah, this Jewish man, is told to go to the capital of Syria, Nineveh, and quote-unquote preach against it, because quote-unquote its wickedness has come up to God. Now the question is, well, what's its wickedness? What's going on here? The text doesn't tell us exactly, but as we read through the story, and as we look at historical documents of the time, in fact there's this this boss relief at the British Museum that kind of shows this, we realize that this empire was a very violent empire. In fact, it committed a lot of injustices against the people of the empire and the people it conquered. This is a picture literally of Jewish people on stakes, killed just by staking them in Nineveh. This is from the city of Nineveh from the, of that time here. This piece is in the British Empire. And so this empire had gotten to a place Where it was just, quote-unquote, wicked. It was doing some bad things to its people, to its inhabitants, to the people it conquered. And so, God tells Jonah, hey, I need you to go preach against it." Now, if you can keep looking at this first paragraph, you'll note that Jonah, sentence number three, it says this. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. Now, we'll get into the details of where he actually went and all these kind of things uh, next week. But the question is this, why did Jonah run away? Why? Who wants to give a kind of a a guess? Why why does he run away? Anyone want to take a guess? How many of you think he ran away because he's probably, like, scared of this empire? Yeah, right? I mean, your first impression is, you read this, and you're like, yeah, Jonah's running away because he doesn't want to to go through this, right? If this is a bad place of doing wicked things, especially to Jewish people... Like, I'm not going there, I'm Jewish, I'm not, what are you talking about, God? So he runs away. But here's the deal. As we read through the story, we begin to realize that Jonah's running away, not because he's afraid, but Jonah's running away because he knows what God is going to do. And what God is going to do is something that Jonah is really uncomfortable with. In fact, Jonah hates this about God. Because Jonah knows the God that is mentioned here in the scriptures of Jesus, that this God is actually a God who isn't about preaching against something to put people down. But this is a God who brings up the ugliness of our lives, the wickedness in our worlds, who gets all this out in the open not to bring us down but to forgive us, to heal us, to love us, to free us, so that we can experience love and goodness and life. Notice how the story continues. A number of things will happen. Jonah will eventually go and actually do what God has asked him to do. He, He runs away at first, but he goes back and he gives that message. And notice what happens. The people of that city change. They turn from their evil, their wickedness. And then Jonah gets really mad. Notice the next excerpt. It says this. Jonah says this. Isn't this what I said, Lord, when I was still at home? This this is what I tried to forestall by fleeing to Tarshish. I knew, and check this out, pay attention. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah was hesitant to go. He didn't want to go because he knew that God was wanting to show love to the Assyrians. Remember, the Assyrians are the people that are about to conquer Israel. The Assyrians are doing this, the Jewish people. The Syrians were their enemies. And Jonah knew, man, if God is wanting to bring up their junk, the God of Jesus only does that so that they can turn from their junk and experience his love. In fact, the last sentence of this whole story is the next excerpt. And this is God himself speaking. And this is what he says. Should I not have concern for this great city of Nineveh? In which there are more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left. Meaning they're, they're lost in a sense of morality, a sense of direction, they're wicked, they're evil, they, can't, they don't even know right from wrong, left from right. And also, many animals. God, God is concerned not just for the people, but the, 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 the animals of the city, the whole well being of the city. Jonah is upset. Because God is a God of love. I wonder, as you think about your sense of calling and purpose as the new year gets started, where, where does love fit into the picture? Where does love for the people around you fit into the picture? Where does love for even your enemies fit fit in this picture? What does love fit in? Can you take a moment again and turn to your neighbors and just talk about this for a little bit? We're going to continue on. There's some really other key important parts of this, but I want to hit pause real quick and just have us process this. Where, where does love fit into your, your plans and your sense of purpose for 2018? Okay? Two minutes. Let's talk it over. Alright, so who wants to share a little bit about this This reflection so far, I mean, again, you've you've had a chance to talk about your sense of purpose. We've kind of brought in a new element, perhaps, the element of love and loving others, perhaps even your enemies. How how is this kind of bouncing around in your mind? What is this getting you thinking about? Oh, Okay, yes, the youth. What's up, high school table? Yeah, let's, let's hear from the high schoolers. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Um, for me my purpose for this year was learning how to forgive others and um, like how to not hold grudges and so that love has a really big factor in all of that because I have to find it in myself to forgive them and also love them as my brother or sister in Christ and that of course is super hard and that's why I'm going to take a whole year and maybe more to do it but that's something that is gonna, like, transform my whole mindset.
1: Okay, that's great, thanks, Fanny. Yeah, give it up, that's good, that's good. What else, how else is this challenging?
0: So one of the things um, I was talking about is, kind of the, sometimes I choose to do things out of love, that's like, oh, I'm gonna go do this, like, whatever nice thing, planet. it. And then in the happenings of it, I can become resentful of, like, the, the outworking of it, like, oh, this is so hard, and why did I choose to do this, and buy this person, it would be easier for them, whatever. And, <laughs> I mean, maybe y'all don't know what I'm talking about, you're good. <laughs> but it's <laughs> a little window in my world. So, I think one of the things that the Lord is really challenging me, and personally, is um, to just, like, give over those mental attitudes, and, like, Negativity. So kind of inside of what you were saying, Fanny, that, like, okay, if I'm choosing to forgive someone and to walk forward in love, to be able to walk that out, like, mentally and um, in every way to just release that, like, entitlement to be, have hold a grudge and that, like, entitlement to be angry or to feel frustrated or feel like, oh, I'm working so hard and how hard are you working kind of thing, like, to just lose the track record. Um, So I think that that's a challenge for
1: me in loving this year. Oh, that's huge, that's huge. Thank you, Christina. Anybody else? Anybody else want to share? How's this challenging you? How are you thinking through this? Yeah, over here.
0: Um, I think, like, based off what Fanny said, I started thinking about how can you love your enemy, and then it kind of goes to what Christina said as well. It's like, Gossip and slander, I think, are something that, I was, that was in my mind. Um, and I think it's just such a small, huge thing. It's a paradox, but if I can start by committing to God that my words will reflect my intentionality and obedience, yeah. I can actually carry out loving my enemies or, or letting go of a track record of any sort. So that's a small, big step. Yeah. Um, and it definitely will take a year or longer, like Fanny said.
1: Very true. Very true. Now, thanks for that that practical set. In fact, I'm going to encourage us to think really practically, like you were thinking, Val. That, that was really good. You know, as I as I reflect on this this idea, this this message from Jonah, that you know what? First of all, there is a God who is there, and this God is truly all about love and purpose, and. and us experiencing that love and purpose. And, and not just us experiencing it, right? He, this God is inviting Jonah into the journey of sharing this love and purpose, right? So we have a God who's there, who, who, who wants this for our world, who invites us to be a part of that movement of love and purpose. We realize a couple things. Number one, we realize that Jesus himself... Again, these are the scriptures of Jesus. This happened 700 years before Jesus. But when Jesus came, Jesus taught the same thing, right? If you can look at your excerpt sheet, uh, the next set of excerpts are are Jesus' teachings, basically. And we see it very clearly. You've read these before, perhaps. But he says this, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. And then again, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. and, And love your neighbor as yourself. Right, So when Jesus comes onto the scene, he's, he's actually in line with this God, the same God of Jonah, saying, we need to be about love. But what happens here with Jesus, and I think this is super crucial for us this morning, if we're really going to join in on the movement. Okay? This is perhaps one of the most important messages of this morning. What's, what's super crucial to understand with Jesus is that at a certain point Jesus acknowledges the hard reality? And the hard reality is this you and I can't actually love. It. I mean we can try. And we all try. But if we really want to love, you and I are actually pretty terrible right? well, no, at that- it. <laughs> And, and Jesus will later say, and, and his followers will pick this up, they'll say this, you know what, in fact, you and I are actually only able to love when we first receive love. One of his followers will say this, we love because he first loved us. And as this continues to go, the teachings are fa- fascinating about this, and I've included just one excerpt from there, in fact, this is a fascinating excerpt. The scriptures will continue on and say that, in fact, we were actually God's enemies when he first loved us. Kind of like how Jonah felt like the Syrians, well, they're not enemies. I can't love them. The answer is, yeah, Jonah, you can't. (laughs) Because you don't have it within you. Something needs to happen to you first. You need to be loved first. And Jesus will say that. In fact, the scriptures in Romans 5.10, the last excerpt there says this, while we were God's enemies, right? We were reconciled to Him through the death of His Son. What's happening there is the central teaching of Jesus and the central message of His coming. You and I, we, we don't have what it takes to love. We really don't. There's evil and wickedness, sure, in those Ninevites back then, but guess what? There's evil and wickedness right here in me, in you. And God actually, right, He brings up this not to put us down, but He brings us up so He can get rid of it for us and begin to make us people who can love. And so that's what Jesus came to do. He came, notice this last excerpt, He dies on a cross to reconcile us, what happens there. We've talked about this time and time again at Athos, but it is so crucial. At the cross, Jesus goes to the cross because a great exchange needs to happen with humanity. Our sin, wickedness, and evil needs to get put onto Jesus. He dies for us in our place. Sin, evil, wickedness, it deserves nothing but death in our world. I mean, if the world is going to be a better place, we've got to get rid of that stuff, right? The problem is, if God got rid of that stuff, none of us would be around. Because <laughs> sin and evil, wickedness is in us. And so God says, no, I don't want that to happen. So he takes all of that, puts it on Jesus. Jesus dies in our place. And then Jesus, the other exchange, the scriptures tell us, that Jesus gives us his goodness, his righteousness, his right standing with God. He gives us his ability to actually love. And so the question here this morning is not necessarily... Do you want to love in 2018? I think we all do. But how will you love? Will you try it on your own strength? Or will you receive love first? The love of God through Jesus first. And then begin to love. I think that's the only way it can happen so I want to challenge us to a couple things here this morning as we just kind of continue to reflect. We're, we have some great things in store for this conversation. We're going to get into some details of the story. And if you've ever read the story, of Jonah, you know it's a great story. There's a lot to process. But I want to offer two challenges here this morning. And I want to invite you to actually take a moment to perhaps close your eyes and just kind of let these questions sink in. Reflect with me, if you will. You don't have to close your eyes if you don't feel comfortable, but just kind of get in that space right now if you can. That space of a personal connection with yourself, with God. I just want you to ask two questions. Number one, do you need to be loved here this morning? Do you need to receive love? The love of God and Jesus. Maybe you're here and you know about God, you know about Jesus and all these things, but you've never really like had an experience receiving this love. I'm going to guide us into prayer in a brief moment to to receive that. But maybe that's where you are. The second question I want to ask us to reflect on is, with this idea of love, loving our enemies, loving our city perhaps even, what do you sense are the specific actions you personally need to engage in? I love what Val said earlier, it's about gossip and slander, that's That that specific aspect of loving others was brought to mind. How about you? What, What are some specific things, perhaps specific individuals, that come to mind? As you reflect on these things, I've included a prayer here this morning in our handout. And I want to use this prayer this morning to wrap up this time of reflection and prayer. You can see it on your handout. It's right after the excerpts from the scriptures. But I want to just read this out loud as a personal prayer. And I want to encourage you, if you feel like this is a prayer you'd like to pray as well, I want to encourage you to read it out loud with me here this morning. Okay? So I'll give you a moment to take a look at this prayer. And I'm going to read it out now out loud now, and you can join me. To this to me. Father, I hear the words of Jesus echo in my ears. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. But I confess that I find it difficult to love and pray for my family and friends, let alone my enemies. I acknowledge that even this simple task is beyond my own strength. Forgive me. I do not know how to love. I ask that from your glorious and unlimited resources, you empower me with strength to love as you love. I receive your love for me, even when I was your enemy. I ask that you continue to root me in the love of Jesus. Allow me to experience the love of Jesus, even though it is too great to understand fully so that I will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from you. Amen. Well, all 2018 is upon us. We all, I think, have a sense of what we want to accomplish. I hope today you've begun to think about what God has invited you as well to accomplish and be a part of. God be with us as we move forward.
0: Thanks again for joining us for today's conversation. For more information about Ethnos New Brunswick, visit us at ethnosnb.com.